So I know you guys, hey, listen, just for some, some information, um, next Saturday, October 29th, the Revolution 216 officially launches. All right, all right. I didn't expect to clap, but yeah, yeah. We officially launched, and we want you guys, if you can, to come out and help us celebrate that. It's 6 p.m. Saturday at the Rheinberger Auditorium. 5209 Detroit Avenue. It would be great for us to see our partners who love us, who support us, who pray for us, to be in the building as you can see what, how we do our thing when we worship the Lord. All right, a little rap, a little song. Might scare you a little bit, but you'll be all right, all right? <laughs> all right, let's go to Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 to 16. We're going to try to break this boy down. We're going to try to get into it a little bit. Hopefully, I can get you out. In the, I know you guys only do 20 minutes or so. Of, of, that's not how we get down. We get around like 45 minutes. And if, we, if I go anything lower than that, they think I cheated them. You dig it? Hopefully, Green Bay Packers. I, I don't even know where I'm at. I don't know. What kind of church is this, man? God. I don't even know if I want to preach now. I just feel some type of way. Huh? Yeah, uh, well. That's my prerogative. Y'all don't, some of y'all don't know where that song comes from. Bobby Brown. He had one of them little mics. <laughs> all right, I'm feeling good. I feel all right. We had a heavy sermon yesterday, man. It was, we, uh, we preached Does God Hate Sinners? So it was a heavy sermon yesterday. So this is a little bit lighter than that. Um, but we found out he doesn't. <laughs> and um, I had a little Twitter conversation with some people because I said that God loves divorced people. He just hates divorce. And they wanted to tell me he, he hates everybody. So I said, I think I should preach about this. And so we did. If you got Matthew 5, say amen. Come on, I need everybody to say Now, you know I like people to talk to me, right? So today I need you to be of another culture. <laughs> if you don't say nothing, I'm going to just take my time. I promise. You will never get out of here. I promise. And I brought enough of my dudes with me in case something go down. So, all right. Don't, don't try to act hard. I know. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Matthew 5, verse 13 through 16. I'm going to read it. We're going to chop it up, all right? Chop it up means we're going to talk about it. See, somebody here with me. Hey, praise the Lord, sister. That was a dude. Okay, praise the Lord, little brother. Bless you. <laughs> too many lights, too many lights. All right. Verse 13, I'm going to read from the New Century Version. My favorite version of the Bible is the message. And I got some guys over here, some scholars from the hood, who, who say I shouldn't read out of the message, but I don't care. They're not preaching. I am. All right. So we're going to read from the New Century Version so you get it. And then I'm going to read it from the message so you really get it. You got it? Good. All right. 13. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its salty taste, it cannot be made salty again. It is good for nothing except to be thrown out and walked on. Verse 14. You are the light that gives light to the world. A city that is built on a hill cannot be hidden. 15, and people don't hide a light under a bowl, 
They put it on a lampstand so that the light shines for all the people in the house. In the same way, you should be a light for other people. Live so that they will see the good things you do and will praise your Father in heaven. I'm going to read it from the um, better version. <laughs> Let me tell you why you're here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. Here's another way to put it. You are here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop on a light, a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. Be opening up to others. You'll prompt people to be open with God, this generous Father in heaven. Did you get that? All right, so let's chop it up. about to get loud. Christ, is, I, Christ describes the believer as the salt of the earth. The question most asked is, what does that mean? Most immediately associate this verse with everyday table salt. But this is not the case. God says, you are the salt of the earth. He doesn't mean you are the salt on the table. I got to come down from here. I need to walk. You are, I'm tall, so you can see me. God does not mean that you're the salt on the table. Now, I need you to follow me on this because it's important because if you think that God is talking about table salt, you'll get an improper uh, view of what he means for you to have or what he means for you to be, okay? Now, now we use a word in, in, in the inner city, it's an old kind of word, but we say, if when somebody got a, a funny face or they feel bad, we say, oh, you salty. Now, if you understand, anybody ever put salt in their mouth? Anybody just taste salt? That, and what kind of face you make? Right there, mm-mm, mm-mm. So that's why we, we say, oh, you salty. Well, see, the salt, that kind of salt is not the salt I'm talking about. Okay, the salt I'm talking about is earth salt. Now, earth salt is different. The salt on your table can be there for 30,000 years. You don't believe me? I can take you to my grandmother's house right now. Uh-huh. That salt been there since 1948. And you know what I'm talking about. And that salt is still salty. It's still good. It never loses saltiness. It's just plain salt. Nasty. I'm like, Grandma, this salt is like my grandmother got candy from 1952. And every time I come into her house, she'd be like, baby, you want some candy? No, grandma, that candy, that candy won't even come off the plate. It's stuck. <laughs> you know, you see, the older people don't talk about, we never get rid of candy. That baby, that candy is good. Eat that candy. And grandma, <laughs> ugh, garbage. Salt, this kind of salt, salt that they're talking about in this particular first century Palestine is a salt that is from the earth. This salt is different. If you don't use this salt, what happens is this salt we use is, loses sodium chloride. 
And when it loses, loses sodium chloride, it leaves a limestone powdery substance that is good for nothing. All right? Once you use this limestone, you can't use it. It has no taste. It has no flavor. All you can do is throw it out for people to trample on it. Follow me. Now, if this is true about this earthbound salt, this salt that is kind of pure, impure but pure, because it's mixed with stuff. Get this. It's mixed with stuff. Earth salt is mixed with minerals, it's mixed with vegetables, it's mixed with all kinds of stuff that it's grown with. So it has some different properties. So if it is not used immediately, it will spoil. So when Jesus uses this, this parable, he's not talking about a table saw that you use that never spoils. Essentially what he's saying is that if you don't be what he made you to be when he made you to be it, you will eventually lose your saltiness or effectiveness. You roll it with me. For example, this is dude on, on, on the uh, 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 football team, the Browns. I think he's a, is he a running back or a fullback? Peyton, Peyton Hillis? He's a what? He's a running back, right? Okay, uh, last year Peyton Hillis was a beast. This year... Anybody, is he still a beast? He lost his saltiness, I think. <laughs> as time goes by, you, you, as an athlete, you have a window of, of your effectiveness. You, you still following me? If you lose that time, if you do not maximize your opportunity to be the best you can be in that moment, you will lose your effectiveness and eventually you'll lose your spot. That's one of them awkward pauses. I just like to do it. Just I don't say nothing. Let it marinate in your brain. God, Jesus, uses this term, you are the salt of the earth. He purposely uses this, this, this term on purpose because he's trying to make his disciples understand that you have a window of effectiveness. For us, our window of effectiveness is when Christ saves us and the day we die. Here is the question for you, all that are in here, you salty people who are believers. I don't know if you're a believer. I, don't, I have no idea. But if you are a believer, here's your question for you. Who have you affected effectively? Salt has two properties. It adds seasoning and it preserves. Check this. It has seasoning and it preserves. It's seasoning or what salt does, it actually bring, brings out the flavor. You, anybody have some greens? Come on, come on. I need some green eating people here. See, I got some witness in the back. Come on, raise your hand if God has allowed you to have some greens. If you ain't had no greens, I feel bad for you. You need to go down south. You need to find you some old black woman, some old, I'm, listen, stop playing with me. You get you some greens, throw you some, I ain't talking about any greens. I'm talking about collard greens. You need that good old collard greens next to some dressing, next to some macaroni and cheese. Next, 
You ain't never had that. I understand how you feel. You listen, but you put that all together with some biscuits, with some oh, some butter on them biscuits. Stop butter, butter on them biscuits, and you and you eat that. Listen, if you eat greens without salt, uh, uh-uh. uh, and nasty, you know, don't you? Oh, bless your soul. A young girl who had greens, she gonna live a full life. You understand me? Greens on that salt. You got to put some salt on that greens. That flavor starts to come up, and you take a bite of greens in your mouth water. Oh! And with us, me, my people, put some Kool-Aid with that. Oh, listen. (laughs) Now, hold on, man. Listen. No, you don't know what type of Kool-Aid I'm talking about. Can I explain the Kool-Aid? Somebody say explain the Kool-Aid. And listen, you need to understand the type of Kool-Aid I'm talking about. That hood Kool-Aid, that Kool-Aid where you got a picture, a specific picture, a picture that nobody uses. It's only used for Kool-Aid. You know it's only used for Kool-Aid because it still has the ring of Kool-Aids from, from, from previous uses. I can tell you what flavor's been there. Lemonade, uh, fruit punch, grape, because we use one pitcher, and you know, listen, we only use one scooper, one scooper of sugar. You know how I know? Because it's still got that sugar crust on it. We make Kool-Aid like this. You got the packet. <laughs> Y'all got the instant Kool-Aid today. We don't do that. We had that Kool-Aid packet where you got to shake it. Huh? Until it all settles at the end, huh? Huh? You know what I'm talking about? We shake it. We shake it for about two, two minutes, you know. Because we ain't going to waste all our sugar, our Kool-Aid. We ain't wasting our Kool-Aid. So we shake it. And then we open it up. And you know when you open up, the first thing that happened, that little smoke come up. You get a little smell, oh, it's going down, right? You take that cup of sugar, you uh, scoop it. And listen, it got to be outside of the cup. If the sugar is not up over the cup, that ain't real cup of sugar. I don't want that. <laughs> take that cup of sugar and we push. And we add that Kool-Aid, push. And we add that cold water that's been running in the faucet for like 30 minutes, huh? Huh, 30 minutes? Because you don't run the water for 30 minutes, it won't be ice cold. And so we, we put that Kool-Aid, we put that water in there, and that water started coming up. You start seeing that color. That color started to change. Uh-oh, uh-oh, Kool-Aid time. Hey, Kool-Aid. As it goes up, it goes up, and then we take a spoon. Usually it's, a, it's, that, it's that brown spoon, that light brown spoon that's stained from being, <laughs> y'all understand? Listen, listen, Kool-Aid will stain you. You understand me? You put that stain, now look why we drink it. Anyway, so we put the spoon in there, and we shake it up, and we go as fast as we can. And all of a sudden, that tornado happens, and you see the sugar swirling around. You're like, oh, my God, and you get excited because that Kool-Aid is starting to swirl around. When we go fast, your arm gets tired. You're like, oh, and it's time for the taste. It's time for the taste. You stick that spoon in there, and you put that, that Kool-Aid. I mean, I'm telling you, you understand how I feel right now. Like, my saliva is starting to build up right here. And I'm just, and you drink that, and if it ain't so sweet, if it ain't sweet as it could be, then we just be like, scoop, and again, <laughs> more sugar. That kind of Kool-Aid can only go with greens. And macaroni and dressing. But the greens does not have the flavor. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not, it won't come out 
the way it needs to come out unless it has salt on it. And so the kind of salt that God wants you to be is incredible. Now check this out. Christ is obviously using this, this symbolic language in his description of, of believers like he had done so often before. Christ uses aspects of everyday living to teach important truths about God. Now check this out. The believer is like the salt of the earth, earth salt, salt from the salt deposits in the earth. It's a natural state. It's impure, commonly used in Christ's day. That can be used for flavoring. Now, this flavoring, now listen, think about it. Without God saving, when God saves you, his purpose is for you to bring out the flavors. Now listen, one of the problems that we have today is that most Christians are actually influenced by the world as opposed to influencing the world. What we seem to do is react to what happens as opposed to being the ones who create the action. For example, the music that comes out, what we sing in our church today, most of we sing is contemporary Christian music, right? Now, back in the day, now, now, <laughs> back in the day, you couldn't sing that. Y'all know, y'all know. Come on. If you got here singing some, that ain't nothing but indie rock. It was a time you couldn't rap in churches. In, in a black culture, let's keep it real. If you got caught rapping, matter of fact, for example, I was a young person. And I, I started rapping in church, and, and the lady who was over the team ministry told me I couldn't rap in church. So she made me do my rap in a poem. It went something like this. Jesus is the best. He'll give you rest. He'll give you a song to sing all day long. Jesus is the best, he must, I must confess. He's the Lord of north, south, east, and west, the best. The best, the best. Wasn't that good? <laughs> uh, I was eight years old. Now, that is not how I wrote it. That's not how me and my brothers performed it. We were all, Jesus the best. We were beatboxing and everything. I was eight years old. Jesus is the best. He'll give you rest. He'll give you. They, they came in that room and said, you better not bring that mess in this church. And what's so interesting is that Hip-hop ended up being the number one influencer of my culture and yours in the world. Can you imagine if they had allowed God to move in our lives at eight, who we could have influenced now? Can you imagine years ago if we'd have been listening to God and hearing the music he spoke to us, how we could have influenced the generation and where they would be now. So now the people who preaches and pastors your kids is 50 Cent and Lil Wayne. Think about this. 50 Cent and Lil Wayne is the one pastoring your kids. Instead of your pastor, because what you did was you said, we don't do that. We don't do that genre of music here. We don't talk like that. And because you wouldn't allow God to work in you and in the people around you, what you did was turn your kids as well as some of your young, because some of you people are influenced by the people of your generation, and you're just coming to God. But what if they spoke in your, in your generation about Jesus in that type of music then? What if you, I know for a fact, I'm going to say that, I'm going to say that. Because I might be exposed somebody else. What if they'd allowed me to rap then at eight? So I didn't rap until I was 26. 
What if God had wanted you to do your job, to do that business, to do that thing, to do that, to talk to those people, to hang with those people early on to be the salt of the earth, but because you wanted to be churchy, you lost your saltiness. So we look at the church today, let's be honest, we look at the church today, it's hard pressed to fill this room. And this country was founded on the principles of the Bible, supposedly. How can a country go so far from the principles it was built on unless the people who are supposed to be God's people have decided to lock themselves in the building and keep all worldliness out? When truthfully, you can never keep worldliness out because you're in here. So the people that's passing your kids who have who are effective in touching this generation are the ones who are rapping, are the ones who are on TV. I, I knew, I knew, I knew that we had got to a place where it was it was that the, the, the art, the hip hop culture was influencing everything when I saw Snoop Dogg selling cars. He's on, drop it like it's hot, drop it like it's hot. Look at she moving her head, drop it like it's hot, drop it like for a uh, 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 Chrysler 300. I said, what in the, but the moment we do something different in the church, oh, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, that ain't God. Well, is it not God? Have you gotten caught up in the, 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 the device and not heard the message? You know what? Let's be professional preachers. Professional preachers. Instead of being Royal priest everywhere. You read Ephesians 4, he talks about the maturing of the church, and he gives all these aspects, functions in the body of Christ, evangelists, prophets, apostles, pastors, teachers. And he says to the, to the, to the maturing of the church for the service of the Lord. So instead of you being pastor where you are, you want somebody to come to your pastor. Instead of being the evangelist where you are, you want to be sent out to be an evangelist. Instead of being a missionary to Polaris, instead of being a missionary to Brunswick, instead of being a missionary to Medina, instead of being a missionary to Strongsville, you want to be a missionary to Africa. And Africa loves Jesus and Medina doesn't. Could it be that you have lost your effectiveness because the Bible says that if, if you have no saltiness, if you're, not, if you're not influencing the culture, if you're not affecting the culture, that all you are is a piece of powdery limestone to be walked on. And you can't tell me that the church is not being walked on today. It's a scary thing. Oh, man, you know what? Oh, I, it, I, Walk the streets with us. Come on, let's walk the streets with us. We're about to walk the streets of, of Cleveland. Boom, 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 boom. I'm walking. There's some kids out here. I would walk up to a kid and say, hey, do you love Jesus? Don't waste the time. That brother right there, raise your hand, Webb. Marlon Webb walked up to somebody. We was walking down the street. He walked up to these group of people, the Caucasian people in the hood. Yes, they are, they are Caucasian people who live in the hood. Yes, they do. And so he walks up to him and says, hey, you know Jesus? Get out of my face.
walk into a group of, of, of Latinos and, and, and we, we say, hey, man, you know, and you understand these cultures are supposed to know the Lord. Hey, Latino friends, no, we didn't do that. They probably would have shot us. But anyway, <laughs> get out of here. Pa, pa, pa. Oh, no, wait, let me say that. No. We, we probably would have. Anyway, we don't, we don't run. We, we, uh, <laughs> I'm, I promise I'm good. The Lord loves me. And so, but we walked, we talked to him, and we walked past him, and, 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 and we walked past him every day, we talked to him every day, and they just will not come in. They just will not come to the Lord. They just, and I, it's the Lord's timing, but he just over and over, we walk and we talk to people, and it's just over and over. And the question I asked, God said, it was a time where you would start a church and it would fill up. All you had to do was start a church. Open that door and that church would fill up. Now, you literally have to spend time with people. Because the church has such a bad name that I'm not going to any just any old church. If I don't get to know you, I had a, a brother yesterday come to our church, a good friend of mine, who said, Cleve, I have a problem with pastors because he just got burned by a pastor. Pastor stole all the money. Salt. We're supposed to effect culture. We're supposed to preserve that which is good. But the truth of the matter is, most of us don't even live this life for real. Can you be a, can, can I get anybody to say amen on that? We really don't live this life. Anybody got joy? <laughs> anybody got, oh, see, two, two people, praise the Lord. Peace, long suffering. And that means, no, that means to suffer long now. Don't raise your hand too quick. Huh? Galatians 5, fruits of the Spirit. We don't even, these are not even ideas that we talk about in the church because truthfully, we don't have those fruits. Salt. And then he goes on from salt and he starts talking about this light thing. This light thing. And this, this light thing, it, it puzzled me. I'm, I'm talking to you today because it just, it puzzles me. I, I would love to get excited with you today. I would love to run up and down the aisles and be silly, but I don't want to be silly today. I really, I'm in this mood that it's kind of getting on my nerves that we won't just do what God say do. How many people who are professing, professing Christians here today? Hands by hands? Mostly everybody, right? Okay. We all believe that Jesus is Lord and Savior. He came into our life changed. It's all right. That's what it is. And so I have a kind of an issue with us. Jesus makes these claims 2,000 years ago, and we have these Bibles, we have commentaries, we have, we have schooling, we have, I mean, we got a great teacher in, in, in Alex who went to school to learn how to, you know, use hermeneutics and exegete the text and, and you, you, you expository preaching where you go line upon line and do all that great stuff. And you don't know what I'm talking about. That's all right. And all that stuff. And uh, she's like, expository? What is that? But all that, we got all that good teaching and all this stuff, hermeneutics, and we learn uh, uh, a pre-understanding, presupposition, predisposition, all that kind of stuff. And guess what? It produces what? Nothing. A bunch of people with a bunch of information. No, Jesus. Jesus makes a statement, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. Jesus said, 
in, in, in a couple of chapters, actually in John chapter 9, 5, or somewhere around there, he says, I'm the light of the world. So Jesus says, I'm the light of the world. Then he says, you're the light of the world. So he's the light and you're the light. You're to express Jesus on earth. Jesus is the sun. You're the moon reflecting him to the earth. He's the greater light. You're the lesser light. Here's the problem. We like to hide our lights. He says under, under, under bush, bushels, under lampstands, I call it churches. We like to hide our lights inside. Everybody is a Christian when they come to church. Everybody's a Christian when, they, when, they, when, they, when they're in these kind of settings. But are you a believer? Are you light in darkness where you live? How many of you brought your neighbor with you today? They get an A. Are you, that's your neighbor? Hey, neighbor. <laughs> How many are intentional about reaching your people in, in, on your street? Two people. Three. I think I saw three. How many people walk around your neighborhood and pray for your neighborhood? What is that? Oh, is that the music telling me to shut up? It's time for you to get off the stage. <laughs> Make me. How many people walk around your neighborhood and pray for your neighborhood? How many people go in and talk to your neighbors and pray for your neighbors? So let me ask you a question, Polaris. I'm, I'm just going to be straight up with you. I, I love you guys. and y'all. You know, we, we come out here, we preach all the time. But here's a, here's a challenge for you. You got to care about people the way God cares about people. If this is a club for you, you need to go home. Now, maybe I'll get in trouble for that. Because, no, I think Alex will get mad at me for saying that. But I'll say this. This is not a clubhouse. This is a hospital. You know there's people that's hurting around you. And you know there's people who are going through some severe things. And the only person that can heal them is Jesus. And the only person that can represent Jesus in here is you. Man, ask yourself a question, man. You think Jesus died on the cross and went through the pain he went through to save your life for you to just sit around and go to church and go to work and go to church and go to work and go to church and go to work? No. He saved your life for you to save somebody else's life. I tell my guys all the time, you need to heal people while you're being healed. Some of you are waiting for you to get perfect. Some of you are waiting for you to understand everything. But that's not what God asked you to do. Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20 says, go make what? Disciple of who? Of all nations. Who is supposed to, who is supposed to go make disciples? You. He mentions in the scripture that we are co-laborers. Lights, salt, salt and light. Light is the absence of darkness. He says you're like a lamp, a light on a lampstand. You don't, you don't remove all darkness, but you remove darkness that's in your area. What are you doing with that light? 
Is this about church? We have a good time. We get our 20 minutes in, and do we go out and we do what we do? We always do, and we talk to our friends, and it's, oh, is this about other people's lives? See, I have given up my life. I argue with my wife quite a bit. Can I be transparent? She's sitting right there. I argue with my life quite a bit, my wife quite a bit, because she, she is the one that anchors me. She keeps me uh, uh, from floating into the sky somewhere. Because what I want to do is impact everybody all the time. You know, I'm supposed to take my Sabbath on Fridays. And I, I refuse to take it because somebody is dying. Somebody is getting killed. Somebody is, is going to eternal damnation while I'm chilling at the movies with my wife. Now, does she deserve my time? Yes. Should I be a good husband? Absolutely. But in my mind, because I care so much about people, I care so much about the fact that he saved a person who was a gang member who's been stabbed, who's been shot at. He would take a womanizer and make him a faithful husband that somebody needs this Jesus that I received. So I refuse not to be salty. I got to affect somebody. I got to try to reach somebody. I got to walk in the hood. I got to walk in the projects. Me and my boys, we walk, and they all here who walk with me, we walk and we put ourselves in danger because we care. If we don't do it, the Mormons will do it. If we don't do it, the Jehovah Witnesses will do it. If we don't do it, the, the, the Nation of Islam will do it. Somebody who is not salt does not know the truth, does not know God, will literally take themselves in a plane and blow themselves up. But we won't go say, Jesus loves you. You got Mormons riding around on bikes with white helmets and boot bags in the hood. Together, two of them, with penny loafers on. And I'm like, they crazy. They out there, why is this Mormon riding around in my, I should rob him, right? No, you say, please, you can't rob him. I'm like, oh my God, it's so easy to rob. They just, they just ride. They don't care. Just, <laughs> hey, neighbor. Uh, uh. You know what we do when we see the Jehovah's Witnesses? Close the door. Close the, lock, close the door. Hide, hide. Close the door. They get to knocking, and you'll be right by the door. <laughs> Jehovah's Witnesses ain't scared. The Nation of Islam coming. You just, what? What? They come deep. They come deep. Assalamu alaikum. You ain't even Muslim. Malaykum salam. But <laughs> they'll beat you. What? What? Did I scare you? I tried to. It didn't work. See, Christians, we want you to come. Come. Come to the church. Come to Jesus. Instead, Jesus never said that. Jesus ain't never, ever sit somewhere in some building and say, come to it. Matter of fact, Jesus in John chapter 9 when the blind man, who was no longer blind, got kicked out of the church or temple, got kicked out of the temple, he goes and finds the blind man and says, hey, I want you. Church don't want you, I want you. He went and found him. Who are you supposed to find? Who are you supposed to be sought to? Who, you, who are you supposed to affect? Who needs Jesus and need him bad and needs your light, but you just keep putting it under the light stand? We're more amped up about football than we're about kingdom stuff. Now, I always, I, this is, this is I'm going to be, um, it's a general statement. Um, it's probably not a true statement, but I'm going to say it anyway. 
It seems like sometimes Caucasian churches care more about other stuff than they care about the body of Christ. Unless they're Pentecostal. And they'd be in church all day. They'd be oh, run around with flags and all kind of stuff. But it seems like we're more concerned with football and drinking beer and playing pool and ribs. Black people like ribs, too. <laughs> yes, we do. Barbecue. With, no, okay, I'm sorry. It seems we care more about those things than we care about eternity. Yo, you know, so the, the, the presuppositions about African Americans that we care about rims and we care about bling and we care about, you know, all, all kind of stuff and still y'all, all them people in the hood don't care, but that's not true. It's not true. Not everybody in the hood care about rims and bling. And the perception is that white people in the suburbs care about money. That's all they care about, but that's not true. I found that white people in the suburbs and black people in the hood got a common thing. We're not very good with money. You just have a little bit more, and we have a little bit less. Some of us. Some of us have just as much as you have. We just stay in the hood. And guess what? Everybody end up in the same place. No money. Question I always ask. What is your pursuit? If Jesus made us salt and light, how come we not salty? How come this place is not filled? Something you need to ask yourself. Well, Cleve, God does the increase, and that's not true. James chapter 4, he says, James chapter 5, he says what? Faith without works is what? Dead. It's dead. If you don't do something, who cares? Think about this. It's entertaining for me to come here and, and, and be loud and silly and get you, and I get you excited. I could. We could have a good time. I could make you laugh. I'm a comedian. I'm, we, I got so much stuff. To, I have a, a, like a whole bag of life stuff that'll make you laugh, that actually hurt me. But it's funny to you, because when I say it, I say it in a funny way, because of how I've been through it. So I'm here, I'm alive, so I talk about rats on my mother's shoulders, and roaches that room, we turn the light on. It was painful at the time, and that's entertaining. And I could tell you about how I hated church because of church people. It's entertaining. But until you understand that if you are a believer of Jesus Christ and you're not affecting people in life, then you're just like my stories. Matter of fact, you'll be a part of my story 10 years from now. I was preaching at this church, man. We preach at this church all the time. And I tell you, man, I come to this church and I've seen the same people every time I came to church. And you know what? And Brunswick just got worse and worse and worse. 10 years later, Brunswick is the hood. And y'all didn't move down to... Uh, Akron. <laughs> well, not that far. Fairline. Akron is hood too. Well, oh, the hood in Col. Uh oh, uh oh. We boxed in, honey. We got to move to Cincinnati. Oh no, that's hood too. <laughs> See, eventually you got to stop running. The world ain't getting better. Light and salt. That's what we are. And then Jesus leaves them and says, now be light and salt. Are you salt and light today? Are you a light hidden? Or are you a city on a hill that's, that's, that's raised above in its moral standards, that's raised above in its light shining? It's like it's a bunch of cities around me, but they don't shine like we shine because we got the real light. So when the boys in the hood say, I'm shining on you, 
I'm shining on you, got my bling on. They ain't trying to be, listen, if you got the, if you got the stuff and you riding like that, you shine. If you the man and you got Jesus, you should shine. If you got life in your life, you should give life to other people. If you are light, you need to shine. If you're salt, you need to affect. Or you need to question if you even know Jesus. Because you can't be infused with the DNA of Jesus and not do what Jesus do. I can't help it. Even when I mess up, I'm thinking about Jesus. Anybody seen thinking about Jesus before? Oh, see, I only got two people want to be honest. Me. I done been, I done done some stuff, and I'm like, and I'm thinking, I'm like, why am I thinking about God doing, right now? This is like the wrong time to think about God. I can't even enjoy this. It, that's why I don't do some stuff. I don't do certain things because I can't think, I can't stop thinking about Him. Man, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm infused with His DNA. If I never got a dime for pastoring, I would pastor. And if you don't believe that, ask them, because I did it for four years. Until it becomes real to you like this, until you understand the properties you have, understand the place you are in Christ, you will be ineffective, and this will be just a game. So you'll go to church every week. You'll give your money. You'll sing your songs. You'll help the kids learn to sing the songs. And what they'll do is end up reproducing and reciprocating the same bull crap. A bunch of people who say they love Jesus but don't know him. You'll, you'll reproduce a whole other generation who, 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 who's supposed to be sought in light but will be affected by the world before they really be affected by Christ. You ask a person with cancer. How to beat cancer. And they'll tell you, you got to affect cancer, not can't let cancer affect you. I can't let what cancer is doing to me dictate to me how I live, or I will never beat it. If you're going to be the effect that God has called you to be salt and light, you need to affect your world. Your sphere of influence, the people around you, your family, your brothers, your sisters, your neighbors, your husband, your wife, your homeboys, your homegirls. You need to not be scared to go in the bar and eat some food with somebody. You not need to be scared to go to some houses where people might have some things that are out of place. You need to not be scared of homosexuals because they need you. Because if you don't be like... Who's going to be like? So instead of you affecting them, they affect us. So now we got to accept whatever they say. You know why? Because we didn't care enough about them. So they're reacting to us. So since you don't love me, I'm going to create my own world. You don't like gang members, so they create their own world. And the church is just going along. Salt and light. Today, it may be a day of repentance. It may be a day of saying, hey, man, we have been playing around all these years. This church almost went under. God kept it above, kept it alive for a reason. 
He didn't let you guys survive that stuff for you to be in here chilling. And I'm not, be, I'm not here to beat on you, but I'm here to wake you up. If revolution does, ne- does not make it, if we don't make it past year three, you better believe we're going to try to affect as many people as possible. If the government decides to shut down every single church in America, you won't be able to shut down the revolution because the revolution is not contained in the building. Close the building. We are kicking in the park. Close the building. You'll catch us in homes. Close the building. You'll catch us at the football game. Close the building. Because Christ is in me, not in this building. And until it becomes real to you like that, until it becomes serious for you like that, until until Jesus is more important than uh, Mr. McCoy, until he's more important than LeBron James, we still hate no LeBron. He's gone. Until Jesus is more important than your house, until your car, than your children, until he's more important than that, you will always get what you get, which is empty pews and a life that sucks. That's real. If I never drive a Benz, and I get to heaven, and I can see 40,000 people who came to the Lord because I lived the light, oh, it's on. I'm good. If I never have a national TV ministry, and I got people in Cleveland who ate because I cared, it's on. Who cares about the stuff you're doing? The only person that cares about what you're doing is Satan. He likes it that you're distracted. He likes it that you're scared of people. He likes it that you're prejudiced. He likes it that you think the way you think. Because as long as you're thinking the way you think, people won't know Jesus. Salt and light. Which one are you? Are you both or are you none of the above? I always make this challenge to places I go. I should not come back to a place and see it the same way. Even if you don't have more people, you should at least change the way you do things. What would Jesus say to you today? If you died today and you stood in front of him, what would he say to you? Oh, man, you was, you was excellent. Ah, I couldn't ask. No, I mean, man, that million dollars you could have made. Oh, you, you didn't make that because you decided to actually go deal with some people. Oh, I know, you know, your wife was having a nervous breakdown and, 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 but she knew me. All she had to do was pray to me, and you pray with her. And, and, but she, you know, that, that, that dude down there who didn't know me, you, you, you spent the time with him. You actually, and, and it didn't work. He dogged you. He said, hey, get out of my face. I don't hear that Jesus stuff, but you kept loving him. And eventually he came to the Lord. Can you imagine that? When you stand in front of the Lord, he says, well done, good and faithful servant. Thank you for not dogging that emo kid at school. Because I love them. Thank you for spending some time with some gang members. Because I love them. Thank you for not cheating on your wife. Yeah, that girl looked real good. She was nice and she was pretty. And she smelled like, I mean, smelled good. Your wife's breath stinks in the morning. Yes, thank you for not, come on, y'all know, let's be real. Come on, marriage. You know marriage ain't, after the first three years, come on, let's keep it real. After the first, first three months of courting, the real come out. Farting around you, all kind of stuff. When you love Jesus, that's a holy fart. Hallelujah. 
I'm telling you, when you understand who you are and you understand what God is doing, it, stuff that means something now means nothing. I don't want, I don't have time for no other women. That's enough. See, enough. It's time to be lying. I'd rather do it the Lord's way and grow and love her and, and grow. Listen, yes, that's enough. But I only have that perspective because I know him. So I'm affecting my homies. They looking at me in my wife's life. Cleve, I can't believe you were able to deal with that. Yeah, man, Jesus. <laughs> Same thing with her. Yo, your husband is loud. He is the biggest. Does he beat you? Does he beat you? Does he? No, he does not beat me. He is loud. <laughs> Affecting people. Let me end it like this. From the day on, the moment you leave here, you're going to go out and you're going to get in your cars. You're going to drive. You're either going to go home or you're going to go eat. In between home and eating, somebody is dying. Somebody's lying. Some kid is watching his mother or father abuse themselves or the other. Some child is not getting some, the affection and love it needs. Somebody is smoking crack as we speak. Somebody is smoking heroin as we speak. Somebody is about to commit suicide while we're talking. As you're moving, some child is being raped. Some woman is being raped. Somebody is being murdered right now. Somebody in this city is selling drugs in Brunswick. Somebody. Probably heroin. Somebody is smoking weed. Somebody is, 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 is huffing. Somebody is eating mushrooms. Somebody is doing something. Somebody is in a relationship that is not godly. Somebody, while you're here, and I would even say somebody in here is doing the same thing. While you're so caught up in your own life, people are dying. And you say you have the answer, but you won't give it to them. challenge for you. If you change the way you think, change the way you believe life is supposed to be, if you, if you embrace the Christ life, somebody's life will be saved. The question is, will you? Because if you leave here the same today, somebody's going to die. Somebody's not going to be changed. Somebody's going to go to hell because you wouldn't talk to them. Yeah, it's their choice, yeah. But if they don't have nobody to say nothing to them, they can't make the proper choice. Let me pray for you. Father, I really love the Polaris family. I'm thank you, thankful, Lord, that you, 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 you've connected me to this part of the body. Thank you, Lord, that they love me and love our church and they partner with us, Lord. But we know that there's so much they could be doing here in, in Brunswick. We know that you strategically partner us together for a reason. It's not just so they can give us money. It's not so they can give us jars of change. and all. No, no, that's not why. It's a whole lot of reasons. And one of the reasons is that we would challenge them with the way we live in Cleveland. They would, would join your mission, Lord. They would be on mission with you. 
that there would be a church that radically changes Brunswick and that as we help change Cleveland, that this, this movement will collide from the suburbs to the inner city. And that people in the, in the middle of this tidal wave will come to know you and that Northeast Ohio will be changed because people care about people. I pray, Lord, for these, these, these wonderful people, these beautiful people who have so much potential and so much promise and you want to use in such a mighty way that they will open their hearts to you that even in their tradition that they can be an anomaly of folk who actually engage the culture and not run from it. We love you so much. We thank you for dying for us, Lord, and giving us an opportunity to choose you. We thank you for you taking all our sins on the cross when you knew no sins, that you would leave from where you were and come down and deal with the earthly things that we deal with because you love us so much. May we do the same thing for others, Lord. Help us to be true salt and light. Help us to affect and preserve that which is right, Lord. Help us to bring out the, the God colors in the world. Help us to bring out those things that you, you love and you put a, a premium on, Lord. And that's people. Just pray that we never put other stuff before you and other stuff before people. We thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, I want, I want to hug you guys. If you guys don't mind, we do this at our church. I just want to put my arms around you and just tell you I love you. I want you to know you're loved. And I, I don't know what they do. I don't, somebody might pray for you. I don't know if anybody who needs prayer and just needs some direction. Hey, we're willing to do that with you. I got some guys with me. We'll pray with you. We want to, we want to pray. We want to affect our culture. We want to affect our communities. And I just want to hug you. I just want you to know that you're loved. So if you don't mind, I don't know what happens after this, but come up here and hug me and, and let me hug you and let me tell you how much I care about you because that's what we want to do. All right? I think this is the end. Bless you.